Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Gangster Certified. It's Illyvish, and we're in Gemini season. This week on the podcast, we have Gemini Brown's weekly astro forecast and a talk from me about Gemini energy. I know y'all be hating on Gemini. I know it. <laughs> I've seen it. But I go over exactly why Gemini energy comes off the way that it does. So you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. What's going on, world? It's your boy Gemini Brown here, back with another episode of Nalo Kicking Knowledge. Today, we'll be taking a look at this week's forecast, seeing what the stars have in store for us. So let's get into it. As always, shout out to all the Tauruses celebrating birthdays. We got approximately two more days left of Taurus season. And you know what time it is. Come on. All right. Drum roll, please. Let's welcome the sun into Gemini. Of course, you know, Gemini in this modern day and time has become probably the most hated sign. And I, I don't know why. God, but I swear we're so easy to love. But anywho, this is one of the best times of the year, okay? Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Gemini. I'm just speaking facts here, people. So let's talk a little bit about Gemini energy, all right? So this is the third uh, season of this uh, solar year, all right? We've initiated new beginnings within Aries. We've sustained those uh, new beginnings within Aries. And this year, you know, with Uranus's presence here and how it's going to be for the next few years, we've really uh, taken a look at our values and how they can serve to liberate us, okay? Uh, now, we have mutable air. And Gemini is really about, just like all mutable signs, it's about flexibility. It is not fixed. It's quite different than that. It's about seeing all the possibilities out there, okay? Seeing it from this side and that side and forming an opinion. It is about communication. It's about learning. This sign is represented uh, by teachers, by students, okay? It is the, the spark to learn is Gemini, which is our curiosity, all right? So this season, we can be experiencing a whole lot of that. So how I want to, you know, bring this in is that we should really, as always, with these last few days of Taurus, take a look back on the season and what was brought to our attention. Of course, we're just coming off a full moon within Scorpio where uh, we've had to release things that no longer serve, you know, our higher good, certain toxic, you know, habits, thought forms, relationships, and now... With Gemini season here, we can greet our new found self with open-mindedness, okay, and a, and a brand new perspective. So one of the things that's going to be occurring this week, especially coming off of that full moon, is that depending on how we go about facilitating the, the release of the full moon, we can get a very, very 
deep understanding of why we held on to the things that we did for so long, okay? And we can really start to see how the little changes that we've implemented are already affecting us in, you know, uh, positive ways. So this week is going to be really, really good. I'm going to talk about the day the sun goes into Gemini in specific, but I want to just talk about how the moon, we can really use the moon to our benefit. So after the full moon, you know, we go into the waning phase of the moon cycle, where it's really much so about gathering perspective, seeing what has worked and what hasn't worked. And I kind of just explained that we're going to see, you know, why we were acting the way we were for so long and, you know, start to see how the improvements that are coming, coming from it. But I got to warn you, there is going with change and this just goes into learning how your mind works. Um, your mind, once you really start to put in that change and veer away from where you've been, it may not happen this week, but it'll happen in the coming weeks. Your mind will revert back to a, a place of want, a, 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 that sense of security that whatever you release provided. So I want you to really be uh, aware of that, okay? So this week, like I said, we're really re we're really reflecting and we're look we're we're making subtle changes. We're not making giant ginormous changes this week. We're putting we release those things and. Like I suggested to you before, we have to put new things within place, okay? But we want to do this subtly. I want to use an analogy of like um, lifting weights, right? So let's say, let's say you're about to start lifting weights. You don't start lifting weights at 200 pounds. You got to start small and work your way up. So basically what I'm saying is this week, do not bite off more than you can chew. Pay attention to your mind and where it drifts to. What are, you, what are you curious about? This will be the intuition leading us to things that are serving our higher good, okay? Now, with the moon right now is in Sagittarius and they'll be going into Capricorn and Aquarius. Um, when Right now is a, a good time for studying and self-motivation. You know, it's funny, DJ Khaled, who's a Sagittarius, he just released his album. And I swear, every time, like, he's a real, like, Sagittarius. Like, I can, I can imagine that his self-talk is so empowering. So, what I want you to do is, if you don't know who DJ Khaled is, go observe that man. We need to channel that kind of energy, you know, this week. And especially while the moon is in Sagittarius. Focus on the desired changes that need to be made and rather than you know exerting the energy to do so we do it internally in the sense of hyping ourselves up or affirming affirmations are a huge thing and you know just within myself i've been looking at i'm like man these things are so powerful but i struggle to do them every day you know and that's part of us you know just um feeling confident or feeling like I got this I don't necessarily need to do that but it's one of those little things that if you actually do it you will see the uh, the real effects of it so I would I would 
encourage that this week. Do some studying. Get into things that are going to help uh, take you away from what what was re- what was released, right? And as well as continue to encourage yourself. If you feel an urge to go back to that thing, just focus on what it is that you know you truly desire and why why you released that particular thing. Okay, so that's going to be really really big. Um, then the moon is going to go into Capricorn, and then Venus is here in uh, uh, Taurus as well. So it's going to make a trine, and then the Capricorn moon is going to conjunct Saturn and Pluto. This is a real time to catch the groove of this new way of being, okay? Um, this day, I can, you know, see some resistance. Resistance is going to be present, but it's up to you to push through it. So I will say with the moon trying Venus that day, it's going to be a, a great day to really get out and interact with people who embody the change that we are trying to make. Okay. Um, so this energy can be channeled a lot of different ways. Um, you know, not all of us can go out there and actually meet the people who embody that change. But just to give an example, I would say open up your open up your your platform of YouTube, like of of the videos that you watch, possibly watch something new, okay, and, um, or you might find someone new on YouTube who appeals to this, okay, and that'll be a new direct uh, uh, way to channel this particular uh, change that you're, you're wishing to implement, okay, but like I said, we can also come across people who, who are that, and they inspire us, and they help us be disciplined. But overall, we want to at that during that transit be locked in within the changes that we're making, okay, and push through the resistance. Like I said, the mind can become tricky, okay? Then we got the sun transiting into Gemini. And this is a real interesting day. There's a lot of um, active aspects that are gonna be going on. And one of them is going to be a little long-term influence. Um, and that's going to be the North Node in Cancer, Trine, Neptune, and Pisces. Okay, and this is going to be exact as the sun goes into Gemini. And this influence is really going to help move us forward. Okay, um, facilitating that change. Now, this North Node in Cancer transit has been about creating a foundation. You know, um, grabbing security, uh, more uh, getting in tune with our inner inner femininity, okay, man or woman, it doesn't really matter. You know, tapping into that emotional realm. Now, with this trying to Neptune, how how this reads is that whatever area of life this is occurring for you. So let's start with the first house. Let's say you have your Cancer rising, and then you have this. Um, you have this aspect occurring within like Neptune in the ninth, right? You what this shows is that your sense of self, right? Your will to do all the things that the North Node in Cancer entails is going to be uh, affected by your ability to live your truth, to really buckle down within the realm of the things that Pisces represents, which is spirituality, imagination, solitude. So one example I want to use here is that, let's say that, because always remember the ninth house is like 
higher learning or I like to say higher realizations, things that we realize, okay? And, and as a result, they become a belief, okay? So let's say you've cut ties with a particular person, group, whatever, right? And you're seeing the, the difference you're, it, that it's enabled you to be more within your, into your spirituality or even spend more time alone, all right? What that is going to do is that it's having an effect, this realization, this high learning is having an effect on your overall personality and how you present yourself to the world. So what we can learn here is that maybe it was other people or these, you know, this group or whatever that was inhibiting us from presenting ourselves in the way that in which we wanted to so part of this is really like like i said if you follow if you follow the will of the planets and like really release what you need to destiny comes in it kind of propels us forward okay if this is happening within your third house there are going to be you can come across a a new group of people right or maybe even a job that allow that allows you to expand upon some skills that you didn't know you had and this in turn creates a sense of security within yourself all right the the big thing here is that the things of pisces is going to serve the agenda of cancer it's going to provide you with a emotional security is, is going to allow you to uh, pave the way to be in more in tune with your emotions. And the, the, the best thing to do is just to embrace it, all right? So going forward, it will be best to be implementing certain rituals, whatever works for you, implementing those certain rituals into your life consistently, all right? So that's why it's about observing right now. We're observing what's going on this week. How do I feel after I've released, you know, what I've had to release? Then with the sun here and the, the sun here, Mercury will be here too. So what it is is that uh, with the ruler of this sign being here with the sun, it's a major party. All right. Mentally, we're going to be feeling very fluid. Um Communications in all areas of life are going to uh, open up. Curiosity is going to be increased. So that's why I said, and this is going to be a form of intuition, all right? Coupled with the, the aspect I just mentioned, it's going to be, you know, a form of intuition. So pay attention uh, to that. But overall, this is going to give us a social flair, okay? Especially if this is in houses like one, five, nine. Um, or anywhere above the horizon, we should really be using this social Gemini, uh, playful, youthful energy to get things done, get out there, communicate, learn something new, express ourselves, all right? And from there, that's going to just lead us into uh, the, the next new moon that's to come. So, all right, this is my interpretation of this week's forecast. Uh, feel free to let me know how the full moon went for you. Uh, anything you're anticipating this week. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my channel, feel free to do so. If you need a reading, holla at me. So next time, peace.
everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. I am your host, Elie Vish. And welcome to Gemini season, y'all. Okay, now, I gotta first start off by saying... (laughs) Excuse me. All over the internet, i just been seeing Gemini hate. Like, Gemini hate. I even posted some, well, I wasn't hating. I was joking with a Gemini post that I put up. I actually really have a lot of respect for Gemini energy because I have planets in my third house and Gemini actually is the ruler of my ninth. So I don't hate Geminis, but it seems like a lot of people just do. So I kind of wanted to do some talk about Gemini energy so we can figure out what is exactly up with it. Now, to be very honest with you, you know, for my personal chart, having a lot of Virgo energy and having a lot of Pisces energy, when the sun is in Gemini, it is squaring my Piscean and Virgo energy um, because Gemini is a mutable sign, Pisces is a mutable sign. Virgo is a mutable sign. So this energy can be somewhat difficult at times, but I still really love it. I have my moon, my Neptune, and my part of fortune in the third house. Now, for those who have, you know, gone along with the jokes that I've seen online and, you know have not had such nice things to say about Gemini. (laughs) I encourage y'all to send me a voice message (laughs) and tell me your Gemini horror story. Horror story, excuse me. Because I'm really curious to, like, kind of find out from the collective why y'all hate Gemini energy. Like, I absolutely, like, love it. But that's just me. <laughs> but um Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Um as you guys know, Mercury also rules Virgo. Now, what we want to kind of look at is the differences between the two because yes, they are both ruled by the messenger planet, but being as though they are an air sign and an earth sign, that within itself makes the expression be a little bit different. So, you know, Virgo's an earth sign and earth signs are more practical and grounded, you know, and Virgo's looking to separate what's necessary from what's not. Gemini, not so much. (laughs) Gemini is an air sign and air signs are all about thought, thinking, you know, intellect, being in their heads. So this difference between the two is very important to note because you don't want to automatically just you know, assign some of the same characteristics. Now, a lot of things that come up with planets ruled by um, Mercury, you're going to hear things about communication and thought. But Gemini in particular, it's just different. (laughs) Just different. So like, it's all about thought. They're key phrases, I think. So they are represented by the twins, which is one of the things that I see get posted up a lot when people want to say, oh, well, they're two-faced because they are represented by Castor, 
who um, in mythology is the human son of man, and Pollux, who is the immortal son of Zeus or Jupiter. So with this in mind, you know, this represents the duality of man. You know, your immortal soul versus, I guess you could say, your physical mortal body. Now, Castor and Pollux represent the twins and thus we look at the fact that Gemini is vacillating energy it can go either one way or the other with thought just it's just what they are so they're very adaptable but that comes from them being a mutable sign as well and as a reminder to anybody just kind of you know starting to learn astrological energy mutable signs occur at the end of seasons So the mutable signs are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Now, what all of these signs share in common is the fact that if we even just look at it from a weather perspective, at the end of a season, the weather could either be more like the season that's leaving or the season that's coming. So Gemini season is at the end of spring going into summer. So it could either be more spring-like Or it could be hotter, you know? We're coming up upon cancer season with that. But this brings about like a multifaceted aspect to Gemini energy. So I took a moment to kind of like sit and think about why exactly it's hard for some people to accept this energy. Well, the first thing that came to mind was... Gemini needs constant mental stimulation, okay? Now, the reason that I think that is, if you, and for anybody trying to figure out how I come up with this, I'll tell you very simply, astrologers just do this. When we're describing Gemini Gemini energy, the easiest thing for you to do is put Gemini in the first house and then line up the signs in order from there. So a lot of people just think we're pulling like keywords out of our ass (laughs) or characteristics. It doesn't work like that. There's a precise way to do this, y'all. So um, in the house of self, Gemini has Mercury, okay? It's ruled by Mercury because, hey, what are they known for? Talking, communicating, some people would say gossiping. You know, with Gemini in the first house, this would also go for Gemini Risings, in case anybody was like, huh, how'd you come up with that? But um, Mercury ruling your first house, my goodness. I mean, you are going to be all about communication. You are going to be all about thought. You are going to be all about talking, um, relating to people, finding out new ideas. This is just going to be something that you do. And... Speaking of that, when it comes to the house of communication itself, which is the third house, Gemini has Leo there. So the sun is shining there. I tend to tell people all the time that wherever the sun falls, it's like shining a spotlight or highlighting an area. So not only is the house itself ruled by Mercury for Gemini, in the third house of communication, thought processes, um, short trips, um, your siblings, you've got the sun there, Leo, because it's ruled by the sun. So there's a highlight on communication and thought for Gemini. Now, having the ability to, to be adaptable 
is very, very important. A lot of people don't like change. I want to give Gemini's credit for being able to deal with change so easily, for being able to process so many different ideas on the fly. Like, for some people, they would even say that the way that Gemini processes um, information, excuse me, is so quick that they can't keep up sometimes with them. You know, they can easily just go, oh, squirrel, (laughs) oh, bat, like one thing to the next. And I kind of admire them for that because they can keep up. You know, we may not be able to keep up with them because, you know, we don't operate from that level, but it's really interesting. They need that mental stimulation. They're able to, you know, fluctuate back and forth between things because they're so alert. They're they're just like, oh, what's that? What's this? So, you know, also the talkative aspect makes sense when you think about the fact that they're mercury ruled and that there's a spotlight being shown on their third house, so to speak. That'll make you chatty. Um, And before anybody says, well, I'm a Gemini and I'm not really chatty. I do want you to remember we're talking about Gemini energy itself. I am not just talking about Gemini suns. You want to make sure that you're taking your entire chart into consideration. I notice people do that a lot. So um, because Gemini energy is so vacillating and mentally agile, what winds up happening is when people can't keep up with them, they just take them as flaky. Like, oh, you were just talking about this one thing and now you're on to the next. So you must not really care about what you were talking about before. Well, there's a natural restlessness to this energy, especially when you think about the fact that Mercury is um, Hermes or the messenger, um, you know, and it moves fast. It's a fast moving planet. Okay. So because of that, Gemini energy can be a little restless, you know, kind of just like, okay, I gotta go. There's like this nervous energy about it. It needs to like go. (laughs) Also, they're very slick. Now, this isn't to say that I'm saying anyone's Gemini energy is just like some trickster, but the planet Mercury is known as the trickster. So some of, you know, these characteristics make sense as to, you know, why they get the reputation that they do. People might say that they're unreliable also because they're so all over the place. Because they're busy busy processing so many different things, you know, it's hard for their attention to stay at one thing, okay? Um, as far as the unemotional aspect, I feel like Geminis come off as unemotional, and there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, if you're constantly in your head, you'll have the tendency to process your emotions intellectually instead of actually feeling them. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is, if we look at the softer houses, so to speak, um, the fourth house, the eighth house, and the twelfth house of Gemini, Gemini has Virgo in the fourth house, okay, 
which is naturally ruled by cancer, which is about emotions. So if you think about it, um, cancer itself would be, you know, a cardinal water sign. So it's ready to go. It doesn't hold back emotional wise. But with Virgo in the fourth house, Virgo is also mercurial ruled and picks stuff apart. So Gemini energy kind of picks apart its emotions in a, in, in a way. You understand what I mean? And then if we look at the eighth house, which is naturally ruled by Scorpio, Gemini has Capricorn there. Now, I feel like this can get talked about easily um, for me. I have a Capricorn moon, okay? And the moon is a receptive planet. The moon um, rules cancer. And it is about emotions too. So when I think about how Capricorn energy works with like emotions, we get a bad rap as Capricorn moon. So for Gemini, having it in the eighth house of, you know, that is naturally ruled by Scorpio, So it's an emotional house as well. It's a fixed water house. Um, When you have this Capricorn energy there, Capricorn's kind of stern. It likes to manage. It's ruled by Saturn, okay? So Gemini's eighth house is ruled by Saturn, which is about restriction, structuring, you know, rigidness. So they may not seem or come off like they feel emotions. They do. It's just the way that they're processed. And then if you look at Gemini's 12th house, we've got Taurus energy there. Taurus is an earth sign. It's a fixed earth sign. It can be a bit stubborn. So the 12th house, if we talk about it at all, would represent, you know, the house of undoing. It's the house of undoing or subconscious behavior that if you're not careful could lead to your undoing. So this would almost say that Gemini can be secretly stubborn. Okay? So I feel like just looking at these things themselves gives a lot of insight as to why, you know, Gemini is the way that it is. Now, going back to having Capricorn in the 8th, I feel like that is why Gemini comes off as like heartless and then when we're talking about like relationships and stuff like that Gemini has Sagittarius in the seventh house Sagittarius energy wants to be free it's ruled by Jupiter okay it wants to go out and have these grand adventures when I ask people about placements like Venus in Gemini or just dealing with Gemini's in relationship period they're like oh they cheat (laughs) Oh, they can't be locked down. And if you think about it, it's because in their relationship house, they've got this Sagittarius energy, which is technically their opposite sign. And Sagittarius energy is like, you know, oh, I want to go off onto myself on a great journey and see all the things and meet all the people and learn all the stuff. So they enjoy interacting with people one-on-one. However, because the way they operate, they just need constant stimulation. And when you need constant mental stimulation, you get easily bored. You know what I mean? So Gemini energy can be easily bored. That's why it's so easy for them to carry on with so many different people. In no way am I trying to say or condone cheating or going outside of a relationship. I'm just really trying to get you guys 
to understand, you know, how they are. Now, it's a dual sign because of the representation of the twins. Um, If you think about it, that would give Gemini energy a lot in common with other dual signs like Libra and Pisces because, you know, Libra's got the scales, the two sides balancing things out. Pisces is two fish swimming in opposite directions. Now, dual signs can sometimes just automatically be seen as they can't make up their mind or they're quick to switch on you. Gemini (laughs) specifically is quick to switch on you. I mean, if, let's put it to you this way. If you have the natural and innate ability to objectively see, you know, multiple sides of a situation, then it is going to come off like, oh, okay, well, I thought you were taking that side, but you see that side and well, which one are you on? Well, to Gemini, it's like, who said I had to pick? (laughs) Who said I had to pick? You know what I mean? And it's really interesting to me because we kind of live at extremes in, in society, period. I mean, I've talked about polarization on the podcast before, and it's like people don't understand that there's nuance, that there's gray areas, that you don't necessarily have to align with, you know, one extreme. And I think Gemini understands that more so than anybody else. And, you know... This isn't to say that there aren't people that have, you know, encountered unevolved so-called Geminis, because those are the types that I feel like give the entire Gemini tribe, so to speak, a really bad rep, you know, making it seem as if, you know, they're impossible to tie down or that they're liars or they're fickle that they're just like all over the place and you can never rely on them and you won't be able to keep up with them. They're scattered, they're restless, like what? But again, all of the signs have a higher vibration and a lower vibration. Now, when people are operating on the higher vibration of a sign, that's when all the positive qualities are coming out. A lot of people might even say they don't really know who Gemini is because they're so apt to, you know, look at one side, look at the other, present themselves one way or present themselves another. Now, if we look at what Gemini has in the 10th house, which is about your public career or your reputation, how you're known, it's like the highest part in the chart. It's naturally ruled by Capricorn, but... Gemini has Pisces there. So it's got a Neptune ruling its 10th house. So that's like a haze. You know, if you think of Neptune, it rules glamour, movies, illusions, illusions. So a lot of times people just don't know who the fuck Gemini is. (laughs) Like, it's all an illusion, baby. But I'm saying all this to get you guys to really understand that people that have this energy, this is their natural state of what they're dealing with. Of course, all of us are absolutely 100% responsible for 
how we use the energy we come into being with. Like, I'm never going to say, and you'll never hear it come out of my mouth, that, oh, well, you know, an excuse that you're making for someone is because they're a Gemini. Nah. I am a firm believer, first of all, that we all chose our charts because we all chose when we were going to incarnate. And we've incarnated many times, but you chose your energy. It's your responsibility to work with it appropriately. So I'm not discounting anything at all. And then when we look at the fifth house for Gemini, they've got Libra there, another air sign, very intellectual and inquisitive. And Libra wants to appreciate all the things mentally. So in the fifth house of passion, this is one of the reasons I feel like Gemini is nosy. It wants to, like, flit about. Libra energy is the social sign par excellence. And if you have that in the fifth house, which is, like, the heart of things, it's Leo ruled, you know what I mean? It's what you're passionate about. Listen, you got that Libra duality energy there, you're going to be all over the place. So, again, not making excuses for Gemini, but I do want people to understand their energy. So, I wanted to remind you guys, um, you can definitely give us feedback about anything we talk about on the podcast. Anchor has now allowed, no matter what platform you listen to Spiritual Gangster Certified in, you have the ability to send us a message. I do encourage you to do so because I'll play them on air and answer any questions you have. And since we are in Gemini season, um, I wanted to ask people, and if you want to respond to this, what have your experiences with Gemini suns, moons, and risings been? I'd, I'd love to hear and to discuss this. So make sure, make sure that you don't be shy, <laughs> especially since right now where the sun is in Gemini, it's encouraging all of us to kind of be open to new thoughts and new ideas. Hey, come out of your shell. Tell me what you think. We'd love to hear your opinion. So that's it for now. But I thank you guys for listening to another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. Do not, I repeat, do not be mean to the Geminis in their season, okay? Let them turn up. <laughs> Let them have their fun. I'm telling you, we need all of the Zodiac energies. They are all parts of a whole. So no matter how much somebody can complain about a sign, nature wouldn't be nature without it. The Zodiac wheel tells a story and it wouldn't be complete without Gemini. So we got to show them their love. I'm going to still roast y'all though. Just, 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 just so y'all know. I'm still going to roast Gemini energy just like I roast any other sign. But I do think it's important for people not to, because like in a lot of um, the astrological groups and things that I see on Facebook, people are like, I hate them. I hate. Listen, first of all, hate is a strong word. Okay. When you give somebody enough energy or anything enough energy to hate it, you're actually draining yourself. So it's not worth it. But again, I thank you guys for listening and I will catch you next time on another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. I'll see you on the flip side. Peace.